Here we are. Welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a podcast that explores um, ways that people are using different modalities to help others and themselves expand their experience from a limitation to, I, th- I think, you know, sometimes I'm more about uh, talking about being in a centered wholeness of self. Um, so with me today, all the way from Salmon Arm, BC, is Stephanie Lafazanos. She's an amazing woman who's doing amazing things for people. And um, I believe that she's helping people return to that state of being that we all naturally vibrate at. I met Stephanie a couple years ago, and she appeared to me to be a very unassuming woman. And I say that because she wasn't boastful, and in no way was she pushing her thoughts or or ways of being onto anybody. And then I met her about uh, it was about four months ago. I had the opportunity to have tea and conversation with her. And what I seen and what I experienced in her was this innate knowing. She just had this innate knowing about life that a lot of people don't have. And that really led to uh, me wanting to have a deeper conversation with her. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for inviting me to be on your podcast. Yeah. So Tell me the name of your podcast one more time. Sorry, what? The name of your podcast again. Oh, Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, that's great. And it's actually kind of cool because it was sitting on your deck that I came up with that name. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. So tell me, how are things flowing for you? Um, right now, things are actually feeling pretty good. I, I feel happy. I'm, I'm feeling at peace. I'm probably feeling more at peace and more accepting of where I am and of myself than I was maybe a year ago, two years ago. You know, we all go through these, you know, ups and downs. Cycles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we go through cycles. We have to, like, feel that uncomfortableness of life and just be like, oh, and then we feel all constrained. But eventually we have to we have to break through the cocoon, you know, like butterflies and emerge. And I think that, you know, that sort of on the topic of expansion it's there's a constant expansion and contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion, <laughs> contraction. And I feel like it's that sort of action of expanding and then contracting that it feels like it like knocks away all the debris of our life and all of the stuff that maybe doesn't serve us or the things that are holding us back and and uh, yeah, I, I'm 46 now, so I guess I went through quite a big contraction expansion in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And um, so now I'm feeling a lot more secure mm-hmm. in myself. And I'm okay, like I'm okay being alone. I don't feel like as needy as I used to feel. I don't feel like I'm trying to cling to people, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just okay on my own. 
That's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful space to be. Now, um, I, want, I want to read a quote that I read on your website. And it said, and I, I, the quote's by you. And it said, everyone vibrates to their own tune and no two songs are the same. Health is about learning the unique tune of our own divine instrument, our body, mind, emotions, and spirit. I read that actually probably about two years ago, and then I read it again yesterday, and I was like, wow, you know what? It, it still rings true to me because everybody seems to be thinking that it's all about the mind, body, and spirit. But where's the emotion? You know, why isn't that coming into part of our healing journey? So I would like to know what, where you go with the emotion and where it comes and flows. And I, I guess maybe in the emotion, maybe there's some drama tied into emotion or trauma, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Like, where, where do you sit with this? Yeah, yeah. The saying is sort of body, mind and spirit. But I think inherent in... Okay, so in Chinese medicine, just to give you an example, their view of body, mind, and spirit. So the body is represented in the hara, so that's in the belly. The mind is represented in the heart, and the spirit is represented in the upper part of the body, so the, the forehead and above. So our, our physical body is the most, you know, physical aspect of us. It's the closest to the earth. We're, we're connected to the earth. We are part of the earth. And then it is in the, the saying of mind that the emotions also are an aspect of that. It's like how our, our chi flows through our body, you know, and emotions are like energy in motion, mm. <laughs> emotion, energy in motion. Um, and then there's this spirit. So, so yeah, so mind and emotions for me are very connected, but so there's, there's different steps down. So, um, so our ultimate consciousness is connected with spirit. So that's our higher consciousness. And then we've got sort of, uh, so that's kind of like our spiritual awareness and it's, it's greater than we are. And then like, if you look at the human energy field, as I been able to see and also learned about inside the spirit um, layer is a, like a mental layer. And in that mental layer lives all of our beliefs and all of our, yeah, how we think about ourselves and, and what we believe to be true about ourselves. And then inside the mental layer is an emotional layer. And the emotional layer is, well, it's not mental. Uh, it has no concept of time whatsoever. So for example, something that happened to you when you were two or three, it, and if you haven't resolved that emotional, it's kind of like a skip in the record. It's just like that, the expression of that emotion, like feeling like you're not good enough, which is very common for so many people on this planet. Um, it, that, that, uh, energy expresses itself through our emotional body. It's like skipping the record and it just keeps happening. And, and when it keeps happening, we keep experiencing that we're not good enough because the skip is there. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that emotional layer is so deeply tied into the physical layer because it's, it's very somatic. So we feel it like you can feel when you're angry, you can feel when you're sad, you can feel when you're happy and joyful. It's like the, the energy of emotions are, are really felt. Um, so they're closer to the actual physical body, whereas the mind is more of a concept or a construct. So, for example, when I was three, my baby brother was born, and all of a sudden, my mom didn't have as much time for me. I made a belief in my mind that I didn't matter all of a sudden. That was my belief. I don't matter. But then the emotion that was there was like, was like first there was, and I have completely gone through this um, sort of like trauma process where I've Re, I've processed all the different aspects of the emotions that I had in that moment. It was like all in one moment. The first emotion was like, oh my God, like anxiety, like oh, this person is my mother. They are my life, blood, sustenance. Like she fed me and, and she's what keeps me alive. I need to be connected to her. And this little blob of a baby is blocking my way. So at first I was like anxiety. And then the next feeling was, oh, like emptiness inside. Like, oh my God, it's feeling really abandoned. Yeah, totally abandoned. Like, I don't matter. It's like emptiness. And just like the bottom of my everything is just falling out. And then there's like this feeling of like running away and being like, oh, like so just like upset. And then, and then this real sadness, this real sadness. And and then like a feeling of like disempowerment, like, um, yeah, just like, yeah, sad. But when I relived that whole process, I, as I relived it over and over and over again, um, I got to a stage where I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't mean that I don't matter. Like, and then I kind of like stood up for myself and I found more of my strength. And I was like, I do matter. You know, instead of running away and like jumping on the couch or the bed and sulking and crying, I was like, oh, I got a little bit angry first. I was like, oh, was I do matter. Same, was, that, was it the same age or were you older at that point? So the reprocessing of it happened actually earlier this year. Oh, so it was a while, quite a while after. It was a very long time that I've been carrying that with me and it been showing up in all of my relationships and it... <laughs> part of my major drama that I had in my midlife crisis just like a year and a half ago my my drama of not being good enough and jealousy and met with another two people's dramas and it just created this whirlwind this perfect storm and we all got swept up in this drama but it was all of our it was all of our traumas that were all playing off of each other yeah yeah so like i have this this explanation i tell some of my clients i said drama is the universe's way of giving us a gift to see how we are not accepting our our true power you know to see what's blocking us from living in our wholeness right yeah yes because we are bound by in this earth plane, we're bound by these certain laws, like the law of attraction. So however, so, so me, for me, that emotional hiccup of 
the mental hiccup of I don't matter and all the emotions that went with that created this energetic signature in my field. So whatever you're carrying from your trauma, it will magnetize those experiences to you where you have to relive your trauma. So it's really interesting, like people who've had traumas of, even if they're just like being hit by a car or, or, you know, something else like that, sometimes they will keep getting in accidents. It's like they, they will relive their trauma and they'll keep getting in accidents and they'll keep getting in car accidents and keep getting in car accidents. Like, and is that tied to a belief system? Um, it may not be in their beliefs. It may just be that something traumatic happened and it was like a, a shock to the nervous system because, because trauma doesn't necessarily like when a trauma occurs, it is so intense, uh, for you, the brain interprets it as it's a life or death situation. So the brain's job is to keep us alive. So if it interprets something as a life or death situation, the brain will just go automatically. It will go into action to do something to help us survive. And often our mechanisms that our nervous system has built in is fight, flight, freeze, or there's also appease. Appease is when you go along. And you just, it's like you go along with what's happening so that you don't upset further, like the person you feel that you're a victim to or whatever is happening. So, um, yeah, so there's like, there's nanoseconds. There's no time to conceptualize in those moments. So trauma, like, you know, like having a car accident, you're driving along one minute, you're fine. The next minute, boom, you're, you're, you've been struck. So I'll share a car, a, an accident situation with you that I feel was might even play up to this. Um, a couple of years ago, I was feeling like I was like just flowing in the most amazing beingness, and I could feel all the energy around me and where it was pulling me, and you know, so you know, maybe we call it karma, positive karma, negative karma. I could feel all that kind of stuff, and I felt that there was a an, a car accident coming up. And that I could avoid it. So I had a couple of close calls and then suddenly there it was. This, this fellow went through a stop sign. And you know, it was interesting because I, I, I feel in retrospect that I could have avoided this accident. But something inside my brain kept me stuck to this path instead of moving out. And I actually never fixed my vehicle after that because I realized that that was there was an awareness happening. But this little old story, this old story about ah, it's insurance, it's not going to be that bad, you know, I'll get a claim out of it, kept me on the on the path. And you know, after that, I felt myself go into this. I would call it a karmic energetic path that just pulled me along and, and, and it pulled me right out of my center. And I, I probably took me about six months to get out of that feeling and uh, return to some sort of center with self. Hmm, interesting. So it's interesting that you 
could have awareness about your accident before it happened. That doesn't happen to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But if you study, have you heard of heart math? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you, um, like there's a really awesome documentary called One and they talk about how like, it's like your electromagnetic field knows they were doing this experiment where they were showing people like sort of violent images. And it's like our nervous system started to respond to the violent images before we actually saw them with our eyes. Mm. So, so it's like in the field of what the intention is and with this violent image coming up, something about our human energy field can pick up on it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's from our heart, from our electromagnetic field. That's like how they also explain how birds all fly together or how, you know, um, animals all decide at one point that they're all going to go to the watering hole together and without talking to each other, they just, they just know. So mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people have that, but that's kind of like a precognition. You know, it's, it's a lot of years of working on my intuition and just trying to be centered. Um, yeah, and it doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes I know, you know, I'm going to have a client and, and sometimes it's very vague. I'll be I'm picking up that I'm going to have a client with brown, brown hair and it's feminine. That's it. And then, you know, next week, the week after, I, yeah, sure enough, the, the new client is brown hair and, and, a, and a woman. Yeah, so, I get those feelings too. Like if someone's not coming that day, like they have an appointment, but they're not coming. It's like, I also, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll know that. So, so we can connect to uh, our, in, our intuition to the, the, this, the field, you know, of what's happening out there that's not really within our direct knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's why intuition is so cool. But it's, it's interesting that you had it in such a sudden, you know, um, experience. Like, I wonder how many times I've avoided being in an accident because like I forgot something in the house and I had to go back in the house and get like, I think about these things. I'm like, you know, I, I, okay. Yeah. I have to turn my car off and go back and open, unlock the door and go back inside and get something I forgot. But, but who knows, maybe this is happening for a reason. Maybe I'm going to avoid an accident on the highway because I live on the trans Canada and there's lots of accidents over here. <laughs> so, Let's talk more about drama. Yeah. Let's go into drama. Like, do you want to share anything vulnerable about drama in your world that's had created some big changes for you? Um, drama. Well, I think, yeah, drama follows the trauma mm -hmm. as we've been talking about. And I believe that it's a kind of like, I just believe it's a human condition. You know, I don't think you can really escape it. If you didn't have any sort of drama in your life, I don't think you would be here. I don't think you'd be on this earth plane. I don't think that you would be in a human form. I, I feel like the opportunity that we're given here is to really feel and, and like, you know, viscerally, because here we are physical. So all these visceral, physical, emotional feelings um, make it so real for us. And I, I believe that um, everybody who's on the earth has chosen to come here 
so that you can learn certain lessons about your soul, your being, and that only that can only be learned here on earth. I believe there's a lineup of souls waiting to get here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, we can't escape feeling, emotion. Um, I mean, yeah, we can try to repress emotions and we can try to suppress it, but but everybody's going to have some form of drama in their life. And I felt like, you know, because I'm on dating sites, because I'm single, there's this really popular thing that guys say in their profiles. And one of it is like, I don't want any drama, no drama, no drama, no drama. And a part of me was like, you know, you can't like, okay, so if you've had a lot of drama in your life, there's a reason you've had drama. It's because you've attracted it. Yeah, and you're not conscious of the reason that it's coming in. Not exactly, no. Um, but it might look like the other person is more dramatic. And <laughs> and this is for a couple of reasons um, that I have learned. So one reason is, so emotions are very feminine, you know, like they're watery, it's flowy. And, and some people are more elastic, like they can feel their emotions more than others. Other people are more constricted around their emotions. So they repress it and suppress it. And like, so they're not as elasticy and other people are more elasticy. So I used to be one of those people who would suppress emotions and not show them and not even feel them for myself. Me too. Yeah. A lot of people are like that, but through um, sort of like somatic counseling, I learned how to feel my emotions, to be okay with feeling my emotions, to be okay with expressing my emotions, just be a little bit more elasticy and fluid with, yes, I can feel my emotions. So when you have a relationship, this was um, a diagram that was so useful. It really made light bulbs go off in my head. So you're in a relationship and there's like, here's you over here on one hand and here's the other person over here on the other hand. Imagine a test tube that is like a U. So it goes down and across and then back up. It's a U-shaped test tube and it's filled with water. So if I push down my emotions on one side, push it down, what's going to happen on the other side of the test tube? It's going to lift those emotions right up, yeah. The emotions will go up on the other side. So people who are in relationships, um, if one person is not willing to express, to experience, to be vulnerable, and emotionally open with themselves and with the other person and repress their emotions is like they're shutting everything down and the other person if they are very fluid with their emotions if it's a woman let's just use the stereotypes if there's a man who's not expressing his emotions it's the woman in the relationship who can actually feel emotions that she will feel more stuff she will actually be feeling his stuff And not only because they're in a close relationship and they're with each other every day, but they have these energetic connections that are made through sex, et cetera. And I've seen this happen in couples before where one person is in complete denial of their emotions and the other person is emotionally crazy and they don't know why. So that's one. So that's one of the things that can happen that I've learned about. And then recently I learned about, um, Attachment styles. Have you heard about attachment styles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... You know which ones you are? 
So I'm a little bit, I'm fairly secure. I would think I'm now more secure because I've learned a lot about what my tendencies were as an anxious mm -hmm. attachment style person. So this is a really interesting topic for anybody who's in a relationship. You've got um, this really interesting polarized dynamic between these two different attachment styles where one person is more needy and anxious about connection and they need the connection and they need to connect and need to connect, but like they're anxious about it. And then you've got the other person polarized who is avoidant and they're like, they were like, they avoid connection. And they want to avoid it when the person is really needy. So they pull away. So then there's this chasing and this pulling away that happens. And then when that person stops being needy and stops chasing and moves back, then the person who is pulling away starts going closer to them. And then that person tries to attach them again. And then, so it was like, there's like this seesaw back and forth, back and forth that happens between these two attachment styles. But really what's at the essence of, and what's at the depth of, of both of those attachment styles is they're playing out some kind of attachment drama or trauma mm -hmm. that 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 um, they learned in their primary relationships with their caregivers. And the bottom line for both of those traumas is that I am not worthy of love. So the person who's anxious is like, I'm not worthy of love, so I have to really try to get it. And so they become more needy and they're anxious when they don't have that connection. And the person who's avoidant is more like, I'm not worthy of love. And so they disengage and they avoid connection. Yeah, that used so to then be it, this guy. Yeah. So have you uh, experienced that in your relationships? Oh, absolutely. What, is it, what does it feel like when someone is like chasing after you? You just hate it. It's like I can't breathe. You're feeling like you're being smothered, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not healthy at all. It doesn't feel healthy for me. It's like they're pulling my energy. It's like I'm dropping into a space of of not being me, just to please that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You're trying to. It would be inauthentic for you to please their anxiety. Mm -hmm. So really, what what anybody what you both need is to become more secure and to both know that you are worthy of love mm -hmm. and connection. And that's that. And that's, that's that. A, that's I as simple like as it I'm, is. It's so simple. I'm, I like, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. Like these kinds of themes. Yeah. I feel like, uh, that's sort of like the, that's sort of like the basic, I, before this interview, I asked myself, what is the major drama? Oh, I asked my intuition. What is the major drama that plays out on this planet, like with so many people and everybody? And one of the things that came up right away was this, I am better than you. And what, what do we call that? We call that, um, is it elitism? Yeah, it might be elitism, but you know, I feel that if I'm saying I'm better than you, it's isolating myself from pain. Right. Yeah. Because a part of you feels like you can't be the person who's not the better one. Because if I'm not being the better one, it means I have to be vulnerable. That's right. Yeah, and I have to drop into a space that I'm uncomfortable in. Yeah, Yeah, and, and even for yourself, you can't believe that. Because you may have been 
shown in the past by your experiences that if you're not the better one, that's just not acceptable. If you're number one, if you're not number one, that's not acceptable. And I, I feel like we're sold this concept of like, you know, like we've got all these competitions, everybody's trying to be number one, but there's only one person that can be number one. Where does that leave everybody else? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really work. It doesn't, you know, and I think the the basis of all that, every all that stuff is to be safe, right? And I think you said that in, earlier, it's all about safety. It's all about preventing us from feeling anything uh, deeper or heavier um, than joy or just this um, space of where we can just just breathe and just exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to be vulnerable is like, you know, Brene Brown's TED Talk on yeah, vulnerability. Talk. Is, have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. She's become so popular in recent years because of that talk. And I I really feel like humanity needed to hear that. You know, like all the people who who maybe didn't, who everyone feels like they're not good enough in some way. So, you know, we all needed to hear that. We all needed to hear, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to feel upset. That's just who we are. I also feel like, there's another, so yeah, we want to try to keep our positive, our vibrations high, and we can do that through how we think about ourselves and how we feel. It's like going to the gym, we can train ourselves to be happy. You know, if you constantly are thinking about the things that are going wrong in your life, then by the law of attraction, you're going to attract all the things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly thinking about those kinds of things, I see this happening with a girlfriend of mine. I saw her spiraling down, down, down. And so I just like did something to try to like get her out of this downward spiral. And I took her to the beach and went camping together. And then she was so happy. She was kind of like back out of, out of the spiral, just took one little thing to help her be positive. But I also see how, like, you know, you see those memes and those sayings a lot on Facebook and Instagram with younger people. It's like high vibes only. High vibes only. Mm-hmm. High vibes only, dude. And so let's say, I don't want any drama. High vibes only. But that's impossible. We have to allow ourselves to feel our vulnerability in order to be whole. Because whatever those fragmented pieces of ourselves are, they're fragmented. So, okay, this part of me was not accepted. You know what? It could have even been a part of you that was brilliant and outspoken and you were like two years old and you were standing on the soapbox and you were like, la, 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 I'm wonderful. And maybe your parents didn't like that. It doesn't have to be the negative things about you. It can even be the positive things about you that you learned weren't acceptable. So all of a sudden your brilliance has been shut down. So you go around masking your brilliance and masking how wonderful you are because it wasn't accepted. And this is all done subconsciously. Uh, in our minds. So yeah, when you start to do this inner reflection and looking inward and looking at these parts of ourself, parts of yourself that maybe were fragmented off and love them and accept them, then you can bring them back into wholeness, Mm -hmm. but you can't, 
steal yourself by saying, no, I don't accept this part of myself, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing I, I uh, do is w whenever there's um, drama happening for me, I, I kind of watch how part of the drama I'm creating or taking place of. And then I look at there's usually one other person that's playing in, in the drama. And I, I kind of look at it like a mirror. What are we mirroring between each other? Because there's obviously something, some limitation that we share. And then I also look out at everything else. Like I look at what's happening on the TV, what's happening in all the people around me that seem to be maybe being pulled into this drama or maybe they're just have their ears for this drama and I see what they're saying or how they're contributing and sometimes those people can give me a way to just accept whatever it is that I'm experiencing or trying to move beyond mm -hmm. or I can tune in somewhere out there for something that's going to pull me into expansion and help me move beyond that limitation that's causing the uh, drama in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's all it's all a plea to help you to become aware of something. Yeah, yeah. That's within yourself, which yeah. is why you're in that situation in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, because you couldn't know yourself in a vacuum. No, well, you wouldn't know yourself in a vacuum. You need the reflection mm -hmm. of other people around you, mm -hmm. to be able to see yourself so speaking of reflections what do i reflect for you um you reflect just off the top of my head sort of like this um yeah i'm getting a sense of how much you've been working on awareness and presence mm -hmm. which is huge because you're able to observe and witness in a situation instead of just simply reacting to it. So to me, that symbolizes kind of like the awakened masculine. Mm -hmm. So for me, you're kind of automatically a symbol of the awakened masculine, someone who's aware that they're aware. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and using the awareness to to understand life and to know that, you know, you're not perfect and yeah, you get into drama and do you find that you still go into those patterns with your relationships? Like uh, you still feel the... Yes, to a degree, yes. I find that uh, I'm easily attracted into those situations, but now my awareness is is allowing me to... Um, see everything within the relationship in a different sense. I don't know how to explain that. Maybe in a deeper sense so that not only can I now help myself mm -hmm. and not be in a reactive state, like you say, but I can help the other person that I've pulled in or I've attracted in and help mm -hmm. them see you know, their limitations. Right. I you know. can sort of be like, okay... Here I am in the middle of this, like, I can feel when I'm in my, when I'm in my trauma, it's like, the thing that gets me is, is jealousy things. <laughs> so I just recently blocked somebody on Facebook because they expressed that they didn't want to be my friend anymore because of this whole trauma. 
thing that happened for me, this drama of the last years. And so we, were, we weren't friends on Facebook, but I could still see her comments on other friends' pages. And one day, you know, and, and one day I was in maybe more of an emotionally vulnerable state. I just saw her comment on somebody else's post and I was like, oh, and it brought, like, oh, I introduced those two people. Now they're friends and I'm not friends with that person anymore, ah, you know, and I had like a, while I'm experiencing the, the, the jealousy, I can have an awareness. Oh, this is your trauma, Stephanie. And all this, the emotional charge with it is so strong. Mm -hmm. It's not as strong as it used to be, but it's still there. It's minimalized quite a bit, but it's still there a little bit. And in that moment, I was just like, ah, I blocked that person. I don't want to see their comments because I don't want to feel this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to feel it. So yeah. I guess um, what I'd like to talk about now is we've, we've talked about all this stuff happening, the struggle, the drama, the trauma, um, how to recognize it, you know, and a little bit of it anyway. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about how to recognize different struggles and traumas. But um, where... What's a what's a solution like? You know, once we once we become aware of it, is that the solution, or how do we move into liberating ourselves from struggle? Yeah, this has been like the whole quest of my life for the last four years, because my trauma came up into my face so hard, and I was like, oh, I enrolled myself in a thousand dollar PTSD intervention course and. I invest a lot of money into my own health. Maybe maybe it's a bit of a perfectionism thing. Maybe it's that human thing of like, I don't want to feel this feeling. It's, ah, it's, you know, it's, it's intense. You know, our feelings can be so intense and so hard for us and so hard for so many people. And even, you know, like I've got lots of tools as a healer and a teacher of all these kind of healing arts, but it's still so intense. Even for me, I can't imagine what it's like for normal people <laughs> who don't do this. But I do really believe that investing in getting some good somatic counseling is is a way to go. Like, I think our parents' generations thought that, you know, you only need to go to a psychologist or a counselor if you're kind of psycho. There was like this sort of like feeling that you had to be mentally you know, damage, and that was frowned upon. But I think now it's really, really healthy for everybody to have a counselor. It's sort of like swinging back into how it used to be in traditional times in China. Like you would go to the doctor, the doctor would help you stay healthy. You wouldn't just go to the doctor when you're sick. So going to a counselor, a good somatic counselor that can help connect that mind and the emotional feelings and then where it's stuck in the body. That's why I say somatic counselor, because you can talk and talk and talk and talk about things, but until you actually process the emotions, you're still going to be, um, you're still going to be sort of plagued by your trauma. I don't believe that there's one silver bullet for healing trauma. I've done a lot of different things. And I think when you kind of 
chip away at it over time and chip away out of it and, and, and do have an opportunity to be held in a space by somebody that can help you process the emotions around it, that, that even just process it through your nervous system and your body. Like I've, I've worked with women who were raped at gunpoint and their bodies had a lot of like, they wanted to fight, but they couldn't. And that was inside their body. It was inside their nervous system. And it was like their nervous system needed to discharge that. And yeah, so just working away at it, getting help, Mm -hmm. doing your personal growth. So jumping into the emotion, like letting it saturate your body and just experiencing it. Yeah, in a way, you do have to take your skills of being able to be, well, you have to sort of, like that's why a counselor can be good at guiding a person who doesn't have any experience through things like this Mm -hmm. because to take yourself through this process you have to learn awareness and focus so meditation you have to learn self-love and compassion so you have to become all very aware of that how you judge other people how you judge yourself you know and and learn about how to be compassionate and how to love yourself I just did a little three-part video series on why it's important to love yourself and how to love yourself mm-hmm. and how to love yourself more deeply, like into your body. Um, so these are like kind of like basic skills that we're not really taught, but the teachings are out there, like the Buddhist metta meditation and the Taoist inner smile meditation. You know, there's different things that there's different tools that we have learning how to love ourselves. But so awareness with love is I think those are two of the big, big things that we need to learn as human beings. And then we can hold ourselves to go through those real emotions to feel them again and to process them again. Um, So that's where like having a counselor comes in to help you because they can add to the awareness and they can add to the compassion. They can help you to learn how to be compassionate to yourself while you're processing those emotions. Because if you don't have those tools and the ability to do that, it, you know, you wouldn't be able to do it by yourself. So, so, uh, so awareness with love is, I believe, how the creator, God, goddess, sees everything. It's like, it, there's no black and white, right or wrong, evil and good. It's just all is, and the creator just sees it all and accepts it all. In fact, the fact that we live in this, I don't know what it is, like a, the universe is like there's the energy of love here that allows all of this to exist, mm-hmm. the illusion of good and evil to exist so that we can learn. Again, I'm just a human being, but, you know, like I, I do have this connection with my higher self, so I get... Well, I gotta, I gotta stop you there because you said you're just a human being, and I got like, can you rephrase that? Because I don't believe that. I think you're I way more I'm, than just a human being. Okay, I'm a human being. I'm a, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. <laughs> yeah. We're all connected to spirit, you know, like to different, to varying degrees. So, but I don't imagine that, like I, like I can't understand how things are way up in the spirit world because I'm down here in physical body, but I get glimpses of it, 
And like, as you said, you know, I have a knowing of it because there's a part of me that's connected there too. So I feel it. It's like through my umbilical cord to, to my spiritual all God self. You know, I, I, I know these things, yeah. but not as clearly as I would like, let's say if I was an angel or some other <laughs> disembodied benevolent being, I don't know. I really don't know, but I do know. Here, here's, here's what I believe. I see you and me and many other people as divine beings on earth. And once we remove all these limitations and belief systems and move through the drama and trauma, we become centered in that divine essence. And when we're centered in that divine essence, we can flow through all this, if, if you want to call it, if you want to feel separation. I, I don't believe there's separation once that happens. So I, go, I guess I go into a non-dual awareness once, once we become present in that yes. way. Oh, so I think we got to end this. <laughs> really? Yeah. We're having so much fun. I know. Um, yeah. I actually have a client waiting for me. Um, but I, I would really love to talk to you again and maybe do another podcast in the future. That would be great. We can talk on maybe a different topic yeah. slightly. Yeah, 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 cool. for sure. Um, so, do you want do you want to plug us a little bit with us with your website? For website? sure. Yeah. Um, well, I've just launched. So, my specialty is working. Well, I really love to work with uh, people around their sexuality, um, especially women. And so, I've created this online course called Wildly Nurtured Woman. So my website where you can find all that info is wildlywoman.com. And here you can read blog posts about my thoughts on what the wild woman is. It's like this very embodied, visceral animal. Like we live on the earth. We're, we're animal, part animal, but also spiritual. And what that means, because right now I feel like there's this return of this awareness about this divine feminine energy and the divine feminine energy is more akin to our physical feelings and our emotions and i feel like this is a swing of the pendulum that's just happening now that's taking us kind of out of the mind and a little bit more into the body which we all need because we all need to heal on those levels of our connection with our physical and emotional selves so wildlywoman.com is where you can find out about that and then my general website for healing is intuneholistics.com. Sweet. And I honestly can't picture anybody more perfect to be running wildly women. Yeah. Um, so um, my website, uh, rogermetz.com. And the podcast is available on Anchor FM and also on Spotify. So Expansion Cast on Spotify or Anchor FM. Mm-hmm.